Hey guys, welcome to the AM Film Podcast. I'm Brad, with me is the editor of the Angry Microwave, Callum. Callum, how you doing? Hello, I'm also joined by my dog this week, just to clear. Uh, <laughs> thanks for clarifying that straight away, because I don't know if you remember a couple of weeks ago, about halfway through the podcast, your dog jumped out behind your chair and scared, scared the living Christ out of me, good lord. Scared the crap out of me. So, this week we're going to be talking about Oscar films, um, our favourites, our picks to win, because uh, those aren't exactly going to be uh, the same, I, I should imagine. Um, so, should we dive straight into things? What, what kind of, how are you? How are you, Callum? <laughs> Small talk, great. Should we, get, should we get straight into it? We'll get straight into it. I'm well, thank you for asking, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so some of these categories we are going to speed through um, because I can imagine that the people watching, listening, whatever, um, like us are going to have more investment in some of the categories, i.e. Boss Baby. Okay, so uh, we'll start off, shall we, with original score. Um, I think this year's actually been quite a good year for for sound um, in film. We'll go into that a little bit better. But the nominations are Dunkirk, uh, Phantom Thread, The Shape of Water, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, so that are the uh, those are the nominees for original score. What's your favourite, Cannon? Um, I think the main two in this one is going to be Dunkirk and The Shape of Water. I mean, with Dunkirk, it's kind of hard to separate it from sound editing and, and sound design because I think they're really encompassed, which that film needed to do. So I think that might struggle in people won't know which one to vote for in that kind of sense of Dunkirk. Um, and also the Phantom Thread, I really enjoyed Phantom Thread. I, I enjoyed the score of the Phantom Thread. <laughs> we'll go into that shortly, film, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, we're speaking about that. But through billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, I don't really remember the score in all honesty. Same. And it's, again, we'll talk about it a little bit later, it's one of my favourite films of the year, but it's interesting you say about Dunkirk, because I do feel like the score for that is ingrained, like it's it's so inbuilt in the film, that the film, would I don't think would be anywhere near as good um, if it didn't have that sound design, but as you say, what is score and what is sound design in that film? Um, mm. So I'm, I'm not sure if, if that's a positive or a negative in the way of being a, a, a nomination, I'm not sure it's going to win because of that. Um, but it's certainly a, film, uh, a score that I think impacted the film most of all. Um, but my favourite to win would be, <coughs> you know, my favourite to win probably would be Dunkirk. Um, I, I loved Through Billboards, but I can't remember the soundtrack. The, the Last Jedi, I'm not sure if I love that yet. I've seen it a few times, I'm the still not is, sure. The thing is, with The Last Jedi, I don't know what's different about that score to The Force Awakens. And I love The Force Awakens score. I just don't think it had enough difference to it to make it worthwhile enough. So Ray's theme, I remembered, like it was kind of in my subconsciousness after watching The Force Awakens for the first time. Like I've heard that on the radio, I'm not sure what they play on the radio, uh, but like if I listened to it on Spotify or whatever, Ray's theme, I'd know, oh, this is from The Force Awakens, that's, you know, what this film's from, what the score's from, sorry. Um, but if you played me any of the, the original score from the, the Last Jedi, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you, you know, where it's from. It just, I don't exactly. remember it. Exactly, and this is where it comes into a bit of an odd thing for original score, because a few years back Johnny Greenwood didn't get the nomination for There Will Be Blood because he used too much existing music that he'd already wrote, but I don't really get how then Star Wars The Last Jedi can get a nomination when that reuses a lot of music that was done for Force Awakens. So from a nomination point of view, I don't really understand how that can be nominated and There Will Be Blood couldn't be nominated. But Politics! I think that's another discussion. <laughs> 
uh, it's 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 a shame because um, there will be blood I could talk about all day. It's generally one of my favourite films of all time, but that's a separate discussion. Um, John Williams, we're obviously going to see in concert. We're looking forward to seeing that. I have how many uh, original scores from, or how much of the original score from the Last Jedi do you think we're going to listen to when we see him in concert? I, I guarantee zero. <laughs> it's a shame because I, I think his arsenal is, is built up from some some great um, original scores for you know the Star Wars saga. This just unfortunately wasn't one of them. Um, so what's your pick to win, Callum? Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Uh, same here. Um, production design. We'll go through this one quickly. We've got Beauty and the Beast, Blade Runner, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, and The Shape of Water. Um, we'll just quickly go through uh, who we think is going to win. Uh, for me, I think Beauty and the Beast is going to win, but I would like Blade Runner uh, for production design uh, to win this one. Um, I still haven't seen Blade Runner, but by the trailers, that film looks gorgeous. So I need. So from the trailers, I would go for that, but obviously I haven't seen it. Um, Darkest Hour didn't really stand out for me. Production design. I really enjoyed the film, but the production design didn't feel as authentic as as other films in that time period. Again with Dunkirk, I mean it was great, but that didn't stand out for me. So, but but then again, the Shape of Water. So I think it'd be between Blade Runner and the Shape of Water for me. Okay, interesting. I do need to see the Shape of Water. Please don't at me. Okay, uh, so the next one I think is a very interesting um, collection of films. So the next category is film editing. We have Baby Driver, Dunkirk, I Tonya, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I'm going to address the elephant in the room. I think Baby Driver is going to win for editing uh, because Baby Driver should win for editing. I think it's a strong category, um, but if Baby Driver doesn't win for editing here, I'm not too sure what you need to do to to win an Oscar for best editing because editing is the story in this film. It's, editing is as important as sound design and you know the cinematography because it's all blended into one. You know, so I'm not sure how um, how that film could possibly lose. But do you have any other thoughts on film editing, Callum? Um, again, I I, th- I think that Baby Driver really needs to win this, and 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 I think the BAFTA push might, might give it like that little bump that it needs because because obviously Oscar voting is still open until end of this week, I think. So I really hope that gives it its little bit of confidence because I think it may struggle from the genre problem that the Oscars has, where if it's not a drama, it doesn't really get as much traction. So. I, I hope it wins. Um, what else is there? Dunkirk was quite well edited together, but it again didn't really stand out. I Tonya, I think, is getting a lot of praise for the whole um, triple turn that she does, and that seems to be the only bit of like clever editing in it. So I don't really know if that's actually nominated on one tiny bit. Um, and three billboards again. Love that film, but the editing didn't stand out. It just seemed like a, a perfectly fine edited film. So I would go for Baby Driver on this. I agree. And I, I believe we'll be right on that one. But I've been wrong about easier things in the past. <laughs> uh, so next up we'll talk about quickly. We have visual effects. Blade Runner 2049. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Kong Skull Island. Star Wars The Last Jedi. And War for the Planet of the Apes. Um, for me, uh, I think Blade Runner should win this one. And I think it needs to. Um, the, oh, this is a very strong category. Um, we have seen some dodgy... Uh, dodgy CGI um, in the cinemas the last year. These these films certainly stand out among the best. But for me, Blade Runner, with all it achieves, it's it's so integral to that film. Like it's so layered. Um, half half of the shots in that film I don't understand 
how they could generate this on the computer. I just don't. But then, but then don't you get into the issue of that because quite a lot of Blade Runner was practical in production design. So do you not then like like all the miniatures of the cities and stuff? So then do you not come into the argument whether it's visual effects or production design? Well, for me, if the category said best special effects, um, you know, the best CGI, then I'd, I'd kind of see the point. Uh, but for me, visual, you know, if, if the category reads, you know, visual effects, for me, it's anything that's been a part of the visuals. Um, so that's just, as someone who will defend Blade Runner 2049 until I die, um, that's how I'm going to answer that question, Callum. Um, but it is an interesting okay. one because, as you say, some of these categories do get quite muddled. You know, truth be told, some of the categories do. Um, but Blade Runner 2049 is, you know, by far the, the greatest achievement in visual effects in the past 12 months. Although every single shot in War of the Planet of the Apes is absolutely sublime. Um, it's flawless. Not as good as Blade Runner 2049, but flawless. <laughs> well, that's questionable because I would go for War for the Planet of the Apes on this one. I I really enjoyed that film and it's stunning what Andy Serkis has done. And even across the three films, it's remarkable to see the first one compared to, compared to the third one. And I think that really needs to be kind of like embellished in the award season this year because it's obviously going to be overlooked apart from this category. And I think that it deserves that nomination and that actual award for this category it's interesting because um, I mean I, I agree with everything you just said um, but as you were talking I was kind of thinking about Star Wars The Last Jedi because as you say like we've seen the CGI and the motion capture um, progress throughout the, the trilogy of the, the Planet of the Apes um, films there's one scene in The Last Jedi where the visual effects stand out for all the wrong reasons um, that's not to take away from all the accomplishments from The Last Jedi because there are some incredible moments in that film when it comes to visual effects but anyone that's seen the film and I'm sure you know what, what scene I'm talking about um, there's there's one scene, a chase sequence that I, I genuinely believe is like the way that it's been composited I think it looks less finished and not as good and just worse than the pod race scene from 1999. Was it 99? 97? Yeah, it was 99. 99. Good lord. And and not as fun. And not as fun. So so there's that. <laughs> For me, I, I don't think you can really give a, a, a visual effect achievement out to something that's, you know, to a film that does have, I, I think, that negative point, which is a shame. But for me, Blade Runner 2049 is, you know, the front runner for me. But, and what about yourself? Um, it would be War for the Planet of the Apes. Yes. I would love to see them. Okay, the next category we'll go through quickly. We have Hair and Makeup. Uh, we have Darkest Hour, Victoria and Abdul, and Wonder. Just the three films. Um, it For me, I, I never understand why they only nominate three films in categories like this. I do think it's a bit of an insult. Um, but for me, I would actually say Wonder... Um, it was one of those films where I was actively looking to see, you know, where the prosthetic, you know, where the prosthetic started and where his face began and, you know, what, you know, how, how that was just coming across. Because I, I think it looked incredible. Um, granted, it is just for one character in the film. Um, so I'm not sure if this category really could make an argument that, well, something like The Darkest Hour, which is going up against, you know, I think there are, 
the essence of that film is that it's a period piece. So not just Gary Oldman and the fantastic prosthetics for Gary Oldman, but you've got the fact that it's a period piece, so every single character in that film had to look a certain way. I'm not sure how do you look at categories like this? Um, again, it's that it's that kind of awkward thing that it's not really clear what makeup and hair is exactly. Um, so because yeah, I don't know. Um, for this category, I'd probably I'd probably agree with you and go for Wonder on this because Jacob Tremblay managed to give an amazing performance given the amount of stuff that was on his face, mm-hmm. which Absolutely. is which is a massive accomplishment for that film because it could have just been that the face was like really rigid and it didn't move and he couldn't give a performance, but he managed to give that. So I'd go for Wonder for that. But also, I've not seen Victoria and Abdul, so I can't really speak on that front. I mean, I mean Darkest Hour, if, like, the makeup and hair was fine, but I like, apart from Gary Oldman's transformation, which is very oscar baited to start off with, <laughs> let's be honest, um, it didn't really stand out. So yeah, Wonder, what, it'd be great to see Wonder win for this. One thing I would say, though, is that I did generally forget that it was Gary Oldman for a majority of that film. And I think that's something that the Oscars would look at and say, okay, well, if we forget that this is, you know, a certain actor playing this part, yeah, part of that is going to be down to prosthetics because it does, it, you, you can't see Gary Oldman when you look at Winston Churchill in that film. But, but then I think that leans more heavily on the performance side than prosthetics. I mean, I, I get that all the prosthetics helps, but I think the performance is the key element in that, especially in that performance. I agree. I'm just playing devil's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> so next we have costume design. I will go through these very briefly. We have Beauty and the Beast, Darkest Hour, Phantom Thread, The Shape of Water, and Victoria and Abdul. Um, again, as I said earlier, something like this. I think Beauty and the Beast is going to uh, going to win. I think it should win, um, just because the costumes really pop. Um, but as you said, Callum, how does that kind of is that because of the cinematography? Is that because of what they did in post-production? Some of these categories, I think there is an argument to be made that it's not just solely one department. Uh, but my argument for, for this category would be for Beauty and the Beast. What about yourself? Um, I haven't really got much investment in this category. So, <laughs> I mean, The Shape of Water... <laughs> well, I don't, I don't have a strong opinion on it. I mean, The Shape of Water had some great costume designs and it really sold that like, period of time and that kind of like genre setting. So I think for that, it does really well. Um, Phantom Thread was fine so for me it'd probably be between Darkest Hour and Shape of Water I'd hope that the Shape of Water wins though so for costume design okay well we will see how wrong we are very soon (laughs) to the next category I have a few things to say about this one Uh, so it's best (laughs) cinematography so we have uh, Blade Runner 2049 we have Darkest Hour Dunkirk, Mudbound, and The Shape of Water. Um, before we talk about our favourites and who we think is going to win, uh, first of all, Roger Deakins um, has been nominated so many times for an Oscar and never won. I just don't understand how this guy doesn't have like an Oscar on his mantelpiece. Like he shot some of the most beautiful films of all time. Insert montage here, but like which he's just <laughs> shot like some incredible pieces, you know. And I just don't, I don't get it, Callum. I don't get it. I don't understand. Um, and also, this category, um, for the first time ever, we have a female nominee. Uh, we have Rachel Morrison for Mudbound, a film that I haven't seen. Um, but again, it's crazy that we're living in 2018. Um, in fact, it's not crazy. We live in Trump's America. Um, but it's crazy that in, in 2018, we haven't had a female uh, nominee for Best Cinematographer. But I think that's great to see. Cool. Cool. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so for me, I'd 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 like to see Roger Deakins win again. Played twenty forty nine. I I can't express enough, although I probably have many times, just how how much of an achievement that film really is. And part of that is down to Roger Deakins. So that's my choice for best cinematography. Um, again, I have not seen Blade Runner twenty four tonight or Modbound to my shame. Um, Blade Runner, I think, will win, and I think it'll be more of a legacy win as well for I all those years in the agree. past. Yeah, and I don't think it's got much competition from the others. No, honestly, The Shape of Water was a very Del Toro film, and it's something we haven't seen before in the cinematography of one of those films. Um, Dunkirk looked great in IMAX, but it wasn't. It was more like in the trenches kind of like feeling, so it didn't really have a chance to be as epic because it was a more personal story. Um. And Darkest Hour, again, the cinematography didn't stand out for me in Darkest Hour. I really enjoyed the film performance, but I never went, oh, this looks great. So, yeah, Blade Runner 2049 for me, although I have not seen it, so. <laughs> I did, um, actually, when I, was, cause I watched uh, The Darkest Hour recently. Um, for me, the lighting in that film is very interesting. Um, the, the use of, of light, or really the absence of light, um, I I'm not sure how they shot it, but it felt a bit like Lincoln in that they used natural light. So where there'd naturally be dark spaces, they had dark spaces, which I thought was interesting. Um, but Roger Deakins needs to win, otherwise I riot. I won't. I'm surprised, I'm surprised that Phantom Thread didn't get a nomination for cinematography. Because as much as I'm not entirely sure on the film, again, the lighting in, in that was brilliant. So, who knows though. <laughs> <laughs> We've hit despair already. Uh, next, we have original screenplay. We have The Big Sick, Get Out, Lady Bird, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, I, I think this is pretty much a lock for Three Billboards. I think um, Martin McDonough, I believe that's how you say his name. My girlfriend will kill me because she's Irish. Uh, but I, I believe that's how you say his name. Um, I, I think this film uh, has got this category on lockdown. It's won every award for this category, I believe, leading up to it. Uh, it is a great screenplay. I loved it to bits, um, but it is so nice to see the big sick get nominated because for me that film um, hasn't been getting a lot of love with the awards. But it's it's just such a fantastic, feel good film, which is crazy to say because of how depressing the film is. Like I just, it's so real and authentic. Um, same with Ladybird. You know, I watched that film and I believe these are real people. I believe this is a real situation. Uh, and that's a testament to how great the screenplays are but for me, Three Billboards is going to win this one for me, I think that Get Out could be the underdog in this because I've seen Get Out twice now and there's so much in that screenplay that you don't realise the first time like, um, very slight spoilers like like the reason why that he doesn't give his driver's detail at the beginning all links into it, literally the reason why they all wear hats links into it it's just so many tiny details makes it really original um, the Shape of Water's obviously got that court case going on at the moment where there's loads of similarities to a play in the 50s, I think. Mm-hmm. So I think that might damage it because obviously voting's still open. And I really hope, that, for me, I hope I hope it's Get Out or The Big Six. Or the big sick. I mean, three, I mean, three billboards has got the edge in actually winning it, but I'd love to see Get Out or The Big Sick come forefront and kind of destroy those Oscar preconceptions about what can win original screenplay. I think every single uh, screenplay in this category is very strong. Um, mm. Like, I generally wouldn't be surprised if any of them won, um, apart from The Shape of Water, because I haven't seen it. Um, and it is a shame that the court case has clearly, deliberately been, 
you know, it's been opened on the day that the voting opened and there's the whole hoo-ha there, but apparently that happens every year. Um, uh, I'm not sure if it's going to really hinder the chances that much, just because, as I say, Three Billboards has been running away with it with other awards ceremonies. Um, but as I say, Ladybird get out the big sick, all very strong contenders, so it'll be interesting to see who wins this one. It is the tightest year, I think, for nominations. I mean, there's so many categories where anyone could win it. And that's made it such a more interesting race this year rather than the past previous years. I agree. Point well made, Callum. Point well I made. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, obviously, uh, as well as original screenplay, we have adapted screenplay. So we have Call Me By Your Name, The Disaster Artist, Logan, Molly's Game, and Mudbound. Um, for me... It, it wouldn't surprise me if if Molly's game won just because of Aaron Sorkin, but I mean, call me by your name's got to win this one, surely. Given the the, the subject, given you know how it's it is kind of loved by a lot of um, Oscar voters who have publicly come out and said that they they enjoy the screenplay. Um, for me, I can't see past call me by your name, but you can never all Sorkin out already, can you? I just hope that the disaster artist does not win. Because I, I have no idea what that is even doing in the Adaptive Screenplay nominations. I mean, I was I was excited for this film and I saw it and it just seemed like a Channel 5 original movie. Yeah. And I don't really get why the screenplay is... Because the screenplay isn't different to anything we've seen before. There's countless other like stories like this that have already been made and have done it much better. I mean, what, what do you think on this? I just don't understand why it's there. I I agree. Um, I did like the film. I thought it was funny, but as I said, um, I think we talked about it earlier on in the year on the podcast. That for me, it just felt like a a very expensive SNL skit. Um, that's that's what it felt like to me. I I don't think it's one of the best screenplays of the year, adapted or original. Um, I I just don't think it's a very strong contender. Uh, it's fascinating that it made it to the stage, um, but. They needed five, so here we are. <laughs> um, it's interesting, actually, that... Sorry. Place. No, kind of place. Kind of place. Um, I really hope that Call Me By Your Name wins, though, because it's a phenomenal film. And it had the pressure of being quite a famous novel before. So, and I think it really lived up to that. And, yeah, I just really hope that wins. I mean, it's also it's also nice that Logan got a nod. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure it won't win, but it, it'd be amazing if it did, and it would really bring that prestige to Logan that, that it kind of already has it would kind of confirm it for a lot of the fans and studios it's very interesting that you see um, a comic book movie nominated uh, at the Oscars especially for a screenplay um, it just, I think it just goes to show how strong the comic book genre is at this uh, in this day and age that it's you know that we're talking about it and we're not talking about it like oh how did it get in there we're talking about it like it has a real chance you know um, so it's great that films do get the credit that they deserve Sometimes. Uh, so this takes us on to the animated feature. We're going to talk about this quickly. Uh, we have The Boss Baby, uh, The Breadwinner, Coco, Ferdinand and Loving Vincent. I have seen zero of these films. So I will leave this over to the very capable hands of Callum. Well, I've only seen one of these films. <laughs> <laughs> so I would vote for Coco. I mean, imagine if The Boss Baby won. That would just be great, wouldn't it? Could you imagine word, the word. boss baby being read out? So it's an insult. It's an insult. <laughs> As someone but who I, hasn't I, seen it. 
But I'm fairly certain that Coco is a very, very safe bet on winning this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, I've heard nothing but love for the film. It's something that I've um, I've got ready to watch. Um, um, it, I am going to watch it uh, in the next few weeks. Um, Ferdinand, it's nice to see John Cena getting some recognition. Um, <laughs> his film Ferdinand. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Anyway, moving on to something a bit more positive, we have one of my favourite categories is Best Director. We have Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan, Get Out, Jordan Peele, uh, Lady Bird, Greta Gerwig, Phantom Thread, Paul Thomas Anderson, and The Shape of Water, Galmo del Toro. Uh, Callum, would you like to go first with your opinions on this category? So, I'll quickly run through them one by one. Uh, I, I think me and you have both seen all of these, apart we from have. you seen Shape of Water. Oh, actually, actually, I've only seen three of them. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, Dunkirk, I love Christopher Nolan, it's no secret, although I do not think that he's got much of a strong position in this. I think if he wins, it'd be, it'd be the same as Roger Deakins, where it's more of a prestige award. Um, it, it, it's a phenomenal film, but I just don't think it's like standout directing. So, um, Get Out, I think, was directed really well, and, and that would deserve a win for that. Um, I mean, the chances are low. Lady Bird, I, I wasn't fully sold on the film as much as I thought I'd be. Like, I really like coming-of-age stories, and I just wasn't as impressed I thought I was going to be like like it's not a bad film and it's directed really well it just doesn't have that extra oomph that I kind of wanted from it um, Phantom Thread as much as again I was iffy on the film the direction is amazing and um, all the performances throughout are really directed really well Shape of Water again is, is what you expect from a Del Toro film so for me I would hope that Jordan Peele gets it for Get Out I think I, I, I'm not entirely sure but I, I, I think I would like to see Jordan Fell win this. Um, yeah, it's, it's here's an interesting category. For me, it's almost a case of who isn't in it that surprised me. So, Martin McDonough. Again, sorry to all the Irish out there. Um, it's For me, this is a Ben Affleck situation with Argo. You know, how can a film be nominated for best screenplay, best film, best everything else, but not best director? Like, I just don't understand that. Um, but it is all I, for me. It is nice to see Greta Gerwig in there because um, Lady Bird. I watched it the other day. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really strong, um, really very well directed film. A very strong film. Um, Jordan Peele. I'm happy to see in there. Uh, Christopher Nolan. Uh, Christopher Nolan. As you say, I think this is more of a, a nod to say we like you, Chris. Um, I, I don't think he's got much of a chance. Um, nor really should he in comparison to the. The other films that are here, uh, that's not to say that I dislike Dunkirk, because I don't like the film very much, uh, and it's nice to see Chris Nunnan uh, nominated, but for me it's not his strongest film, it's not the strongest film, and it's not the strongest performance by a director this year. Uh, for me, um, I'll probably go Gama del Toro, just because that seems that's, that seems to be where the momentum's heading. Paul Thomas Anderson, I think this is one of the only films of his that I haven't seen, um, and because my local cinema doesn't show high-end films. Uh, which is a shame a shame on new view um, so I'll probably go Gamma del Toro even though I haven't seen the film this is the greatest <laughs> film podcast we need to listen to <laughs> so next we'll quickly talk through the supporting actress category we have Mary J Blige with Mudbound we have Alison Jenny in I, Tonya. we have Leslie Manville from Phantom Thread we have how the hell do you say his name Laura <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> 
Laurie, Laurie McCarth? Sure. Sure. Laurie McCarth <laughs> for Ladybird and Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. For me, personally, I, I do think the name I can't say, Laurie McCarth, Laurie Metcalf, Laurie McCarth, Laurie, Laurie. Laurie. The mum for Ladybird. <laughs> Ladybird. Uh, it is probably the strongest performance I've seen. Um, one of the strongest performances I've seen in a couple of years, actually. I thought that was such a natural performance. Um, uh, just so natural and, you know, real. Um, I can't see past that, although I haven't seen some of the other films, so <laughs> who am I to say? <laughs> um, this year, I, I do think it'll be the Battle of the Mums. I think it'll be in either I, Tonya or Ladybird, Alison Jenny or Laura Redcliffe, the mom Ladybird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're both. Um, it's kind of weird because they're both kind of like the same kind of like angle of performance, but but they're both so different mm-hmm. into how they come across in that role. So it, it literally, it could be either of them, and I'd be happy to see both of them win. Um, but that can't happen. But that would be great if it had like <laughs> you're both winners. You can share one. Well, last year's Oscars wasn't exactly smooth, so who knows? Maybe they're going to let everyone uh, win this year. And I'm surprised that Octavia Spencer got nominated for The Shape of Water because she wasn't in it as much as, like, I I wouldn't have presumed she would have even been in consideration for Sporting Actress just because she isn't in much of the film and she's not, like, a crucial part. That film kind of could have happened without her and it kind of just gave a perspective on the outside into the situation. It didn't really have much narrative influence, so I'm surprised that's there. Okay, well that leads us on to supporting actor. We have Willem Dafoe for The Florida Project. We have Woody Harrelson, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water. Christopher Plummer, All the Money in the World. And Sam Rockwell, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. For me, again, Sam Rockwell is probably the strongest performance here. Unsure if, if he'd win, but again, the momentum seems to be in his... Um, in his favour, so for me, I'd say Sam Rockwell, and I did love, I loved that performance very much. Um, Christopher Plummer, um, I do feel like it's the story behind this role that's, that's why you know why he's nominated. Um, are people saying he's one of the best of the year, or are people saying he's done so well given the fact that he had literally almost minus days to prep for this? You know, he was told to come on set, shoot his scenes, and that was it. Um, I mean, either way, clearly a good performance, um, but for me, Sam Rockwell is where I'm going with this one. Cool. Um, for me, I think William Defoe and Woody Harrison are the underdogs. Both of them gave brilliant, like, like very subdued performances, but there was so much emotion and thought behind them that I would love to see either of them win. Um, Richard Jenkins didn't really stand out for me in The Shape of Water. Um, I have not seen All the Money in the World, and obviously Sam Rockwell just gave such a unique and, and very conflicted performance in three billboards so i think sam rocker will win but i would really like to see william defoe or woody harrison from the outside come in and take it so any of those three would be very well deserved for me okay so Callum wants everyone to win that leads us on to, <laughs> everyone's a winner. <laughs> to the you can have an oscar you can have an oscar <laughs> make it rain oscars <laughs> That leads us on to our lead actress category. Again, I'm going to absolutely butcher one of these names, so I can only apologise. So we have Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water, Francis McDormand for Three, board, three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Margot Robbie for I, Tonya. I'm going to say... Sarosai Sa- Ronan. Who is it? 
<laughs> I can't say it twice now. Sarose <laughs> Ronan, I think. I, I thought it's like Sarche. I'm gonna say Sarche Ronan. I'm gonna say Miss Ronan for Lady Bird and <laughs> Mel Streep for The Post. The Post is a film that I liked quite a bit. Um, for me, Tom Hanks is the best part of that film. I thought Tom Hanks was very good um, in anchoring that film. I don't know. I don't know how Meryl Streep gets in. I, I don't get it. I'm, I'm as baffled as you. You could have replaced Meryl Streep with anyone in that role, and I do not think it would have changed the quality of that film in no. any shape or form. It's a joke, and it's a shame, because like she's clearly a talented actress. I'm not going to say otherwise. I'm not an idiot. You know, I can see talent. Um, I can't see. T- I, can't, I can't see talent. Um, Bradford talent, Aiden. <laughs> exactly. Um, get on that casting. Ca- no, I'm joking. Um, so, <laughs> so, good lord. Um, but it's. I don't understand how this is an, an Oscar caliber performance. I mean, it's not. It's just not. Um, and oh wait, 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 wait. It's, it's under lead actress. I did yes. not genuinely did not realize that yeah. Meryl Streep was nominated for lead actress yeah, because she's not the lead. Like lead supporting film at actress. All. Yeah, May, sporting actress maybe, mm-hmm. but lead actress. What's that? I genuinely ju- it just clicked that she was. I I can't understand for lead actress why she's under that. I wish I could think of something funny to say here, but I can't because I'm that angry. Like, <laughs> I generally I'd like someone <laughs> to explain to me how she is a lead actress. Like, in fact, write in. In the, well, right. wait in this film, okay? In the, you didn't mean just in general. Oh, no, not in general. Again. <laughs> no, okay. Meryl, I love you, <laughs> but I, d- I don't get it. She's she's not the lead character in this film at all. You know, you know, you know. So let's put a cross <laughs> through on this. Let's put a strike through. <laughs> yeah. So we're so it's official. We've taken Meryl Streep out of the lead actress category. <laughs> we have go. spoken. <laughs> right. Okay. She is officially gone. R.I.P. performance. So, in the lead actress category, we have four nominees. Uh, for me, Frances McDormand is issuing to win this. She's won everything else, and I think she's great. Um, I do think the performance in Lady Bird is, is very strong. I think she's fantastic, and I think she's really going places. If only I could say her bloody name. Um, but, yeah, it's it's got to be Frances McDormand, right? Um, I I thought Sally Hawkins did a great job in in The Shape of Water. Again, I'm not I'm not sold on that on that film at all. But her performance, given that she has no dialogue in the film, is something else. Um, Margot Robbie, I don't think anyone could have done that role apart from her and I Tonya. It was a very unique performance. Um, but yeah, Frances McDormand, I think, is going to win this by a long way. Unfortunately, well not, well, not, well, not unfortunately. I just think that <laughs> she's maybe too far ahead than she should have been in this race. Okay, you I think... I'm never going to work in this industry after this episode. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're saying Francis McDormand. Yeah, I think that's a very safe bet. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this leads us on to the lead actor category. We have. If I generate these ones out, can I? <laughs> so we've got Timothy Chalet for Call Me By Your Name. We've got Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread. We've got Daniel Kalula for Get Out. Smashing these. <laughs> Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour. 
and Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel-esque. Um, for me, Timothy Chalet did really well in Call Me By. Should we just go over by their initials now? I think that'd be easy. So TC did great in Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> Terry Chris. <laughs> yeah, um... He's, I, I thought he was actually very good in Lady Bird. Um, but that surprises me because I thought he did. I thought he wasn't great in Lady Bird. Interesting. I hated the character. I went to a lot of people that were scumbags. I went to a lot of people that were scumbags. I went to university with a lot of scumbags who were like that. Um, but no, I, I do think you're right. I think he's got a very strong, a strong chance here. But he's going up against Daniel Day Lewis, like how. I don't think he's Phantom going to win it thread. this year. I don't think he's going to win it. He's got no yeah. momentum. Phantom Thread is the Daniel Day-Lewis show. Like, that is what that film is. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it, it is a character piece. So, he might win because that film is Daniel Day-Lewis and it's not much without him. <laughs> right. Or literally, you would not have been able to have sold this film without Daniel Day-Lewis in it. Okay. Um, so... But then again, Gary Oldman was did encompass Darkest Hour, so it's, it's the same kind of argument. Like both of those are very character-led films, so mm. it'd be between Gary Oldman and Daniel Day Lewis. I want Gary Oldman to win out of all of them. You just know, don't you? There's a real chance that Daniel Day Lewis is going to swoop in and just kick Gary Oldman right in the teeth. You know, I hope he doesn't though, because then it's going to be the old like, uh, it, it, it's going to be Meryl Streep and Daniel Day Lewis, and we'll be back to like five, <laughs> ten years ago, and we might as well just not have this year's Oscars. <laughs> so just to clarify though, I'm I'm going to say Gary Oldman. I think he's going to win this one. Yep, and I concur. Nice one, good sir. Okay, which leads us on to the main event, which is the best picture. We have Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. The biggest surprise for me this year is that there's no The Last Jedi, Callum. (laughs) I'm sure you were shocked. Shocked. I am shocked. That film is universally loved. I don't understand. Um... For me, three billboards, through uh, three billboards, is going to win this. It's an absolute fucking travesty. Okay, an absolute travesty. I'm going to say it one more time. Okay, a travesty that Blade Runner is not nominated for best film. It is one of the two greatest films that's come out in the last twelve months. That and three billboards. For me personally, obviously, this is how I feel. I mean, look, look, poster, poster. Okay, this crazy. This series, right, is. Is incredible, and it's the first film all over again. Nobody likes it. I don't understand why it's not getting as much love as it deserves. Why aren't you looking at me? I'm getting my letterbox list up so I can remember what I decided last night. I thought you'd frozen. <laughs> no, for me, three okay. three billboards is going to win this, and out of the films that are nominated, I, I do think it's the strongest. Well. I disagree. Come at me. On this front. I think Dunkirk should win the best picture. Do you actually? 
yes, I realise that I'm on an island by myself here. <laughs> but but I think Dunkirk was the perfect combination of soundtrack, directing, and, and, and although it wasn't the best directing, I think it, it was the best ensemble piece from all the teams involved. And I think that is kind of what Best Picture encompasses, the best film overall. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Call Me By Your Name would be my second pick. I really thought that film was something special. And then Three Billboards came in third in my rankings. So Interesting. But again, you could pick any of these films apart from Shape of Water and I'd be happy that they won. And what are your thoughts on The Shape of Water? Talk to me. So, with The Shape of Water, I was very tired. <laughs> I was very tired when I watched it. So I think that may have factored into my enjoyment of the film. Right. Um, I just don't think it was... I, I don't think it was as kind of like technically amazing as all these other as, as all these other films were. I mean, it's a fine it's a fine piece in that genre, but I don't think it stands above everything else, which is what the Oscars is. Oscars is meant to recognise all those films that have gone above and beyond of what normal film is throughout the year, and I just don't think it really came up to that level. So, so if you're an Oscar voter, this film would lose out on a vote because you needed a nap. No, I just think I may have very slightly altered my opinion on the film. Interesting. But I just don't think it was that that special enough to warrant all these Oscar nominations. Interesting. <laughs> uh, so for me, as I say, I, I think Three Billboards uh, is going to win. Um, it's the film that I kind of I really do want to win. It's a shame that. Blade Runner's not on there. Um, second choice for me would be Lady Bird, but it doesn't stand a chance of, of being up there. You know, a lot of these films I think are there for recognition. They're not there because they really have a chance. Um, it's cute that you think Dunkirk has got a chance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's, you know, I'd, I would bet you, i bet you a holiday, right, to anywhere you want in Kent. Oh wow! <laughs> no, it's 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 not it's not going to win, Callum. It's not. I know it's not going to win because Three Billboards has cemented its place in already winning this category. So there's no point. I'm, I'm just fighting for the little guy. I mean, poor poor Chrissy M is all by himself. <laughs> Chrissy M trying to fight his battle by himself. You got to support those small filmmakers, you know. I mean, Dunkirk didn't even get a wide release, did it? <laughs> It's a small independent art house film. Obviously, <laughs> no, it's, it's it's interesting. But again, I, I think this year has been a, a very strong year um, for film. I think there's a reason why between us we've seen a majority of these films. It's because uh, even though some of the categories lead us to believe that we haven't seen any of them, um, but it's, it has been a very strong year. Um, so I wouldn't be particularly angry if things didn't go the way that I was expecting it to be. Why was the Florida Project not nominated for Best Picture? That's what I'm asking. Um, you know what? I mean, Sean Baker's fine in terms of career. Like, he's clearly going upwards, right? And I'm not just saying that because a year or so ago he replied to me on Twitter and we had a nice DM uh, <laughs> messaging sesh going on. Okay. You slid into his DMs. Very <laughs> I, I, Oh, he slid into mine. He slid into oh. mine. 
Um, but I think he's a very strong filmmaker. I'd, I think he's a fantastic talent. It's a shame that he hasn't had recognition on a larger scale just yet. Um, but I, I agree. It's that spare space going. I mean, I believe there are nine films um, nominated for would, Best Picture. I would say, just as quick, just a quick look, I reckon it's better than one, two, three, four than for those films. So it's not even just at the bottom for me. I think it should be right in there, like number mm-hmm. four or five in my rankings. But but here yeah. we are. You know what, Sean Baker? We got your back. <laughs> we got your back. <laughs> Always end on a strong note. <laughs> so those those have been our you know predictions and favourites to win. But the great thing about film is that it's all subjective. Um, so <laughs> so <laughs> it is. It is. It's all subjective. So even though I think Blade Runner should be you know one of the top ten uh, top ten films of the year, a lot of people may disagree with me. So let us know what you think. Let us know if we're talking shit. Um, so yeah. Anything else you want to add, Callum? Anything else that makes you angry other than Meryl Streep? Shall we recommend our best film from the 2018 Oscars to people to go and watch before the Oscars starts, in case they missed it? Yes, I think we should. For me, I think Blade Runner 2049, in case you haven't noticed, (laughs) is the one film that's nominated for an Oscar this year um, that people should definitely go out and see. I think it's a a very strong visual piece, but in terms of storytelling, um, I I think it's it's one of my favourite films from the last decade, I think. Cool. Um, For me, it would be... The Florida Project, because I don't think it got the recognition it deserves. Well, that's it from our very flawless Oscar episode (laughs) of the AM Film Podcast. Uh, Canon, where can people find you? Uh, You can find me at Seymour and C-M-O-O-R-I-X. I I can't spell my name. (laughs) Just, you know, just search me somewhere. Um, And obviously at theagonmicrowave.com. Go on there, subscribe, do things. Thank you. Do things. Fuck me, this outro is incredible. Okay. Yeah, you can find us at the Angry Microwave on Twitter at One Angry Microwave. I know this. Um, on Facebook and all that juicy stuff. And on YouTube, obviously. Unless you're illegally downloading this on Pirate Bay. Which That's not allowed. You've got to support podcast. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Bradley underscore J underscore Evans. And until next time, bye. Goodbye. Say bye, Nolan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was smooth. It was. Good Lord.